everybody, and welcome back to the Pink Bike Podcast. I'm Mike Levy, and today we're going to talk bike parks. I think everybody on today's episode has been lucky enough to visit bike parks all over the world, be it for racing or maybe a bike launch of some kind, or even just a holiday. So today we're going to chat about riding at some of our favorite lift access parks, what we love about them, and also some things that we don't like so much about bike parks, and especially how they've changed over the years. Kaz, last week was Whistler's opening day, last Thursday, and a bunch of us were up there, including me. I just want to point out I was riding the lift, and I was trying to remember my first time at a bike park, and I'm pretty sure it was Whistler in 1999, 23 years ago. I remember being blown away by the fact that we could just get on a lift and ride up without any effort and come back down. It was crazy, especially for a guy that doesn't ski or snowboard. When was your first time at a bike park and which park was it? I think mine was Whistler too. Either Whistler or Keystone, Colorado. I'm not sure which one it was, but definitely early 2000s. I think 2003 was my first trip to Whistler. Probably had my Rocky Mountain RM7. Yep. So, yeah. Oh, free ride. Oh yeah, I was free riding. Free for sure ride back as then. fuck. Uh-huh. Yes. I like my Danny's <laughs> body armor, like the, the top part, you know, like the pressure suit thing, the white, like the, yeah. the gray mesh. Yeah. It was great. Yeah, exactly. I wore the same thing in Parks Cas, but I cut my sleeves off. So I had a sleeveless jersey with the Danny's suit. So I looked super pro and I had a a yellow crank helmet. Nice. It's important. At it's least good. I looked good. Kind <laughs> yeah. of. I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, speaking of riding lifts, Henry Quinney has been on the World Cup circuit and last weekend was Fort William. Henry? I want an update from you. Uh, now, just to let everybody know, we also have the It's All Downhill From Here podcast that you can listen to and, and catch up with everything. But how was how was the weekend? Sum it up for us. Was it a good time? Yeah, it was really good. Um, I think the, <laughs> the initial couple of days in Fort William are always a bit like, why are we here? It's raining. Every Scottish person you meet says it's not normally like this. They should have on the signpost, welcome to Scotland. It's not normally like this. But it universally is. <laughs> um, and then you, you just get made to, a lot of people in Scotland angry. But then you get to Saturday and the spectators really start rolling in. Sunday and it just goes off and you go, okay, I, I, I get it now. And honestly, it was an amazing weekend for the team. I think the racing was a really good full stop across all the categories. It's getting super competitive. Um Cathro, top 25, absolutely made up for him. And uh, Amy, um, Amy yes. Kenyon got her, th- her first junior podium in her second World Cup. So that is just amazing. We're absolutely stoked Holy for crap. as well. And um, Tebow had a big crash. Can, can we just well, underline that for a second though? Pink Bike is on the World Cup on a podium World at Cup a World podium. Cup race. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know. Get, amazing. But for both of them, you know, those those results are not to be sniffed at. They're absolutely amazing. And uh I, yeah, I can't. I can't believe Catho got top twenty-five. Couldn't believe it, man. So happy for him, and um, absolutely made it for Amy. And then, yeah, Tebow had a big crash in qualies. Even though in time training he was sixteenth, I think he was going really well. Um, wow! And yep. Jackson, first um, World Cup ever, but he basically he's a second year junior, but he missed out the first year because he had to get a bone graft on his shoulder. That was only five months ago, so he's still not at maximum strength. But he got twelfth in juniors and. He's just getting faster and faster, so it feels really good, really good in the team at the moment. Awesome. How was the how was the wrenching for you? How'd that go? Yeah, it was good. I mean, um, the tech video on the Thursday and the wrenching is is tight. It's a long day, but um, 
honestly it's great I mean you know you just don't tell Cathro how much baby oil you're putting on his brakes and you just push him out the start hut and, and you go from there really <laughs> <laughs> he's like I'm carrying a lot of momentum through these rocks <laughs> yeah that's 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 the ticket and honestly like you know we talked about in the podcast this last week but you know as wrenching goes certain kind of component setups are harder to operate on than others but just like Santa Cruz Shimano Reserve wheels, those new Conti tires are great. You know, I mean, super, we haven't had a puncture yet this season. Um, I mean, it's like cush core. It's all pretty easy stuff to just get on and ride. So for a mechanic, it certainly makes my job a lot easier. We're not doing full rebuilds every night or brake bleeds mm-hmm. every run. It's kind of just like you get it assembled, put a new chain on at the weekend and on off they go. Yeah. Are you, are you having fun being a mechanic back on the World Cup circuit? You used to do this mm-hmm. years ago mm-hmm. and now you're, you're back to it. Yeah. Is it as, fun as you remember more stressful than you remember um, and i'm looking at you right now Henry. <laughs> can you tell me i think um, i'm a lot more relaxed than i used to be i used to be try yeah. and be relaxed but actually i was fucking shitting myself now I'm, I'm i am more you know not to be funny but i have done several free yoga workshops several i'm talking i maybe put oh, wow. eight hours into becoming namaste. Zen. yeah namaste and calm you know what i mean <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah yeah so yeah. you know i mean but then again the the riders i went for amy and cathro they're both very chilled out people like they know what they have to do i'm not gonna get worked up from the bike's gonna leave the start gate with the wheels not touching the frame and the brakes working and after that it's up to them you know um and honestly i've enjoyed it a tremendous amount i think we've talked about this before but like you know it's always a bit strange when like you know you're you're sort of Hmm, how to put this your professional credential isn't something that you're like that i don't know it's not i was only did it for a couple of years and it's like i got this job and stuff because the next world cup mechanic and I've, i suppose i've got a bit of professional pride on the line that i want to show that i can do it and i'm not just yeah. a massive lemon talking shit from the sidelines you know um and it's been really rewarding yeah. in that process has been great yeah i've really enjoyed it yeah I want to ask you another question about your job as a tech editor Mm -hmm. and being a mechanic. Mm. So we have you at these World Cup races. How do you balance being a mechanic, but also like we want you in the pits taking photos of new stuff and sending them to us because you're at the races. Yeah, it's it's funny. How does that work out? It's very difficult because, you know, I don't want to piss anyone off in the circle because like, Basically, my, my thing is, if it's in a lift queue or it's, you know, just being walked around the pits, absolutely fair game to, to go and snap. But at the same time, like, I've worked with, I can, you know, embargoed bikes before and it's really annoying when someone's, like, leaning around a corner to, in your hidden pits or whatever. Um, so I, I try and play it pretty pretty straight down the line and just, you know, give people a heads up and say, because, listen, like, you know, with certain brands, how to put this in, the way the bike industry works, hmm, not to give it all away, but there is a degree of hype. Mm-hmm. They don't accidentally bring a prototype downhill bike to World Cup and go, oh my God, you saw it? Oh, bloody hell. <laughs> Whose fault was that? You know, It's all marketing, it's, people. It's, there's an element of that. So you basically just go and you say, listen, we can either, like we could basically, the thing I like about those tech videos is passing editorial comment on why they might or might not work. It's not just like, here's all their marketing claims. It's, I can kind of, I feel like, you know, I can see what the new bike looks like and sort of give a, a rough visual and an ocular pat down, as you might say, and uh, and uh, and yeah. go from there. And 
you know, you just say to the brands, hey, I know, we know you've got a new bike. We're going to get this on photos and videos over the course of the weekend. We can either do it like you just let me stand 10 feet away from it and talk about it, or I make a video outside your pits, or we can do it where there's just shitloads of speculation <laughs> that could be a bit of a runaway train, you know, where... Yeah. Or we can just, you tell me what's going on and I, I can kind of fill in the gaps a bit. But no, it's it's super fun. Thursday's always a bit mad. Yeah. Um, but once kind of we get into Saturday, Saturdays Saturdays and Sundays are actually far more chill than Thursdays with that tech video. I wouldn't have guessed that. Mm. I mean, Saturdays, like once your rider goes off for quality, like that might be two, three o'clock, they come back, done. Like, you know, on a Friday, if your rider's in time training, that can go into like five or six o'clock, depending on the venue. Then you've got things like, you know, yeah. for the juniors, like their race ones are like 10 o'clock in the morning. You could be home for, you know, your roast dinner. <laughs> it's, a, it's a very yeah. different affair. Um, but no, I mean, I think in some ways for me, like once you get past, so I'm going off a massive tangent here, but once for me, once you get past the practice ones, because track time is really important and you don't want them to be missing a lot of track time because they've done a wheel at the top, walked, have to walk down the whole of Fort William, lost an hour, come back, are stressed. Once you get through your practice sessions and you actually get to the racing, it's it's actually a bit more manageable in terms of your time, at least. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm going to put this ad read off for another minute. What What's next for the PB team? Where are they going? What race is next? And uh, what are you up to next? So we kind of got a different couple of moving pieces. Um, there is a national this weekend, which Amy's attending. Um, Jackson and I are going to do some racing slash testing in W Bike Park. Um, then we're all heading down to kind of, well, me and Jackson heading down to Morzine just for a couple of weeks riding. And then... Um, we have Lear Gang, which all kind of converging, I think might do a few days at Schladming because it'd be rude not to beforehand. And um, and yeah, and Lear Gang, Lear Gang should be good. I think especially, I haven't been there since they've done that new wood section and it isn't such a big bike park, which brings us back to today's podcast. Almost as if we planned it, hey? <laughs> Look at that. Oh, there you go. No, but that's true. Pretty right? nice. Okay, before we get into it, I mean, yeah. maybe Lear Gang could just be a bookmark, but you know, that is criticised for being a certain way, you know, a bit mm. too some. Maybe I don't want to. I don't want to derail the conversation before it's even got going. But I think it's really interesting the way that bike park is interpreted within the World Cup, you know, racing. Yeah, yeah. G- generally, would you say the racers don't like that style of like you know s- more smoother bike park type stuff? Or like, are the racers excited to go there, or would they? Much prefer to go to Schladming or somewhere else. I mean, I think there's probably <laughs> there's what people actually like. I can't say. I feel that it's sometimes cool to bag on bike park in the whole of mountain biking, you know. And I think everyone says they, mm-hmm. you know, you always see it at Gang, like, oh well, it's just bike park. Oh, we want to ride this, that, the other. Whether you know, but I'm sure they enjoy riding it. Maybe they don't like racing it so much. Um, and I think there is an appetite for, for techier trails. But then again, if you're someone that often runs really well in, in berms, are you going to be there saying, actually, can we have less of this? Of course, of course not. Right. Well, when when the World Cup comes to ask me my opinion, I believe that the entire circuit should be like representative of everything. Like it should have like a Peter Maritzburg with tons of pedaling mm. for one race. And it should have like a smooth bike park thing. And it should have like lots of gnarly stuff too. But but downhill still in transitional phase though. It's like, it was weird that like 10 years ago, it was yeah. like considered like a bit underhand to train. You're, you're training, 
that's not on mate <laughs> you're good at peddling <laughs> yeah, that's a yeah. bit lame like what it's, it was mad <laughs> okay <clears throat> ad read time did you guys know Vittoria has been creating performance tires since 1953. Vittoria's gravel tires are each suitable for different performance needs. Coming soon, Vittoria's Terreno line, the dry, zero, wet, and mix will come in larger sizes, up to 50 millimeters wide, everybody. Vittoria tires and accessories, including airliner gravel and mountain bike inserts, can be found at vittoria.com. Vittoria airliners were created for increased control, durability, performance, and protection for your tubeless tires. Use coupon code pinkpike.com at vittoria.com to get 22% off all gravel, MTB tires, and airliners through the end of May. 22%. Wow. On to questions. So this first one here, uh, this is from Xavier KM. He says, what parts would you lighten on your bike? He says he's on an alloy bike and noticed swapping NX to GX and carbon bars are both performance enhancers and a relatively affordable amount of weight off. Henry, he says he aspires to your just ride your bike attitude, but he's curious as to what parts that you would want to swap. I assume that he means what parts make the most difference. And Kaz, the first thing that comes to mind is obviously it's wheels and tires. That's not an inexpensive way to shave a lot of um, important weight off your bike, but that's probably the one that makes the most sense. I mean, I wouldn't lighten my bike by tires, though. That usually decreases performance. So, like, wheels are an easy way, though. Well, it depends. Maybe. Maybe he's using double downs and he lives in the Midwest and his bike yeah. feels slow. I don't Could know. Be. Yeah. I mean, you can look at that. Look at what you're using. Make sure you're not running the wrong tires. But yeah, I mean, wheels are a a, a quick way, um, not a cheap way, though. I mean, carbon bars is a it's a way to save grams. If you're kind of just trying to hit that number on the scale, you're not going to probably notice the difference. But it is a, you know, you can save 100 grams or something like that with carbon bars. And it costs you what they cost, $150. So I don't know. It's, I, I kind of like the going by the when things wear out, replace them with something nicer. Like if your bike's working perfectly fine, I would keep mm-hmm. riding it. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah. well, way to way to sound professional and growing up about this. Case. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. If you're <laughs> if you're looking to just spend some money, wheels are a huge place. Uh, also, cranks. Like if you have a set of NX or GX aluminum, whatever cranks on your bike. I mean, guys, like. You could lose like a pound of weight if you spend a lot of money on some expensive cranks if you want to. Um, that's one way to do it. I don't know. What else would you guys recommend? I mean, it sounds like this guy's only done four of his eight mandatory nighttime free yoga classes. <laughs> Understanding that you need to not care is the first step. Actually not giving a shit is, is later down the line. That's like <laughs> seven and eight of my online seminar. Um but yeah, like your, your handlebars are going to make sweet FA difference. You know, realistically, you're not going to, you know, you need to have a culminative like that you need to lose 100 grams from a lot of different locations for it to add up. Now that you can basically p- pursue that and, and more power to you if that's going to bring you any level of enjoyment or change the enjoyment of your riding your bikes. But it's, it depends, it, you know, you've got to, if you if your bike's working suitably right now, considering your you know your intention the trails you want to ride 
then I probably wouldn't try and make it lighter. If you're overbiked, that's another thing entirely. But if the bike is good for the task in hand, I would say just don't worry about weight at all. There, are, I can't really think of any things that are where lightness doesn't decrease performance in terms of descending. You know, um, cranks, yeah, sure, but it's just expensive things that are just going to get polished up and scratched. Um, and it's okay for me to say this because I have a nice bike with lots of light parts, but if someone gave me a group set, a dual group set, that, that'd be fine as well. Um, yeah, I think that's, that's my two cents anyway. Like I said, if you're doing a lot of pedaling and you do live out in the Midwest, whatever, maybe a light set of wheels and tires is really, really nice. But if you're actually riding like proper gnarly stuff, like just don't even sweat it. Hmm. Well, sorry. I like nice Sorry, bike stuff, industry. So- I'm not. Um, I'm not selling those handlebars, <laughs> those carbon handlebar monies. <laughs> well, Xavier KM, you should you should buy some nice light wheels, even if you don't need them. They're fun. <laughs> it's nice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Kaz, tell us about news. All right, we've already been talking about it a bit, but we have Fort William happened over the weekend. Obviously, a classic race. Great to see the return of that. It's been a little bit. Um, so we had Omri Piran one going very, very fast. If you haven't seen his, like his, uh, POV GoPro footage, it's insane. It looks like it's sped up like 12 times. I don't understand how he does it, but he won. Um, and then for the women, Nina Hoffman won. So awesome to see her on the podium for Santa Cruz. Now she's on the, on the syndicate team. Um, and then we also spoke about the, the great results from the PB team. We get Cathro in 24th, um, podium from some of the other athletes. So pretty solid solid time all around although there were some um definitely some injuries and some people that didn't even make qualifying some i know we saw trying to think off the top of my head but i think nico malali had a flat tire so he didn't even qualify which is kind of too bad it's been fun watching him his little journey with his homebrewed bike um and then moak bruni big news he broke his collarbone in practice so we didn't get to see him up there so mm-hmm. um yeah great race Gwyn, definitely too. De Gwyn didn't qualify did he you know i don't think he did is that right henry do you know yeah, I think I think he had a crash or a mechanical yeah. or something. I think qualifying. he didn't qualify. He didn't, he didn't qualify. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, also, I've, hey, speaking of Gwyn, um, go on. so everybody listening, we're going to do a Gwyn a podcast with Gwyn uh, later this week. So also stay tuned for that. Anyways, keep going, Cass. <laughs> yeah. So organically, yeah. Yeah. did you just? <laughs> yes, just I didn't even know you did it. You like that, eh? Conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Slip yeah. it right in, <laughs> like a dam to um, a stream. But yeah, overall, Amazing. yeah. <laughs> Good race at Fort William. Classic wet conditions. Awesome to see. Fast racing. Crazy track. So uh, that happened. Also, the, oh, I reviewed the specialized Cannibal. It's hard for me to say this. It's called the Cannibal, but in my mind, it's Cannonball, and it's hard for me to say the word. But I'm going to try to Let's say it right. Let's just call it Cannonball. That's fine. Yeah, we could, yeah. But like Cannibal is a name yeah. that they used before, and they brought it back, so it's okay. And it was funny too. Okay. Anyways, it's a downhill tire. Specialized made it. It works well. <laughs> that's kind of the, the story there. Like that's the real the real short synopsis. Real. <laughs> uh, page turner. It doesn't look like a guy. <laughs> I know, yeah, but uh, no, I think they their whole goal was basically so that their athletes would stop using Sharpie on Maxis or Schwalbe tires for their race runs because they, I think Specialized kind of knew they didn't have a dedicated downhill tire, so they made this one. Um, I've been impressed with it. I've been running it. I rode it in the bike park the other day and on e-bikes and regular bikes, and it's pretty good, solid, good rubber. Would you would you prefer it over an Askai? Um, they're like they're similar but different. I think they both accomplish the same goal, but I do like the like the the solid side knobs on the cannibal um it's just like it doesn't fold over as much so i think for like really high speed and more hard pack tracks it's probably the one i would pick if i had to choose but i think they're both yeah. great tires yeah. we're, we're gonna have to do a podcast about 
companies naming things like bikes and products. So this is a comment from Ricky Bobby 18 under your cannibal review. He says these names are getting ridiculous. Butcher, purgatory, cannibal, slaughter. Uh, he says soon we'll have specialized tires named the genocide, the napalm death and the disemboweler. I mean, <laughs> I'd rather some of these names death. are pretty crazy. Like, <laughs> I don't know. It's just a name. I don't know. Like, I feel cares? like they're super corny. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think I feel like I'm sensitive because we also had that boner bike recently. What, who was that? The boner bike. El Rose bikes like Bonero. Yeah. There's the Bonero. Oh, the Bonero. Hard yeah. Then Bonero. O in the end. So it's different. Good, good but the Bonero. So yeah, that's funny. But like, I don't know. I don't think Butcher like, I don't know. It doesn't seem like too over the top. And these a lot of these are names they've used in the past, but I get it. But Otherwise, things are boring. Like, yeah. you know, if it's like tire 4.0, that's kind of lame. I'd rather have it be the napalm death or whatever. Like, it's just bikes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. A little creativity is all right. Yeah. Either way, there's lots of options. You can have the Maxis Minion DHF XO Plus DD Max Grip, whatever, and you'd be happy. 3C, 4F. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Double pinch flat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but moving on with the news, the last little bit, last little bit just came in this morning. This Utah local... Danny McCatty, uh, I guess he's known as Danny Mac, he hit Braga's monstrous drop, the one that Braga crashed on last year and hurt himself. Um, so this kid, I think, I'm not sure his exact age, but he's definitely 19, 20, 21, somewhere around there it looks like, uh, just went huge. It's 47 feet vertical drop, and it doesn't look fun. Like the landing looks like you're basically falling off of, I don't know, was that three or four-story building? And the landing looked like that, but he pulled it off pretty much, and yeah, went huge. Dude, he was going so fast so yeah. fast i thought he was la launching like 100 feet out there but he just dropped like a rock after he went off it. i know yeah i watched braga's run because i was like how this kid looks like he's going really fast i remember braga's looking more like a plum drop and kind of like being a couple feet yeah. short of the landing but and um yeah to be fair braga cased it he did case it so this braga kid didn't have like, enough speed <laughs> yeah he's like i'm not gonna case it and he goes so fast i'm not sure if he's even wearing a shirt like i think he's just wearing i need to look at it again but it looked like maybe he's just wearing like a Oh, yeah. He has no shirt on. He's just wearing like a chest protector with no shirt underneath it. Yeah. Wild. <laughs> yeah. And like looking at his other, when, I, he's he, an unknown, basically. Like none of us know, knew him, just kind of like a Utah kid. But when you look at his other things he's been doing, he's just been sending it down there in the desert. Jeez. When, when was the last time, Kaz, that you came up to something like that? Not like that. Smaller, obviously. Or maybe not. I don't know. Um, and you did, like, it took you like a bunch of run-ups and you were like genuinely concerned and worried yeah not it's been a while since i've like had to talk myself into something like i, I didn't right. do something the other day because i took three run-ups and that's my limit and i took three run-ups yeah. like no i'm not feeling it and i didn't do it and then yeah most things like i don't I mean, that thing's so huge i don't i've never done anything as big as this kid obviously but like i don't think i've ever ridden without a shirt on mountain biking <laughs> so, like, you and i we're, we're too skinny and white nobody wants yeah. to see us with shirts off cast. yeah this kid looks nice and tan but yeah yeah, yeah um yeah. but yeah it's been a while since i've had to like convince myself to like just say fuck it and go off something so this kid props to him yeah. hopefully he can hold it together and like keep doing good things but it's it's a a scary game that he's playing but yeah he did it yeah. so kudos what, what about huck and henry here before we before we get right into bike parks, Huck and Henry, when was the last time that you you did a bunch of run ups and you were genuinely concerned about a big move you were doing? Oh, I mean, Huck and Henry hasn't had a the winter he'd anticipated. Um, Leap and Levy didn't even come out for a spin. I think maybe riding at Prevost, there was. Um, I'm not. Well, that's a big like one. A, 
yeah, I'm not a hucker. So for me, getting over that road gap and whatever is Mr. T, I was pretty, pretty stoked with. Yeah. Um, yeah, that looked huge. That did look yeah, very just, big. Just hit it and hope. And then that was the last thing I hucked, really. Haven't hucked much since. Um, yeah. Yeah. Also, I made the mistake of leaving, um, leaving my spire in Europe for like six weeks. So... I just haven't really, I've been like doing a lot of testing on different bikes. <laughs> haven't really had a bike that I felt like, I'd like on like shorter travel bikes. Haven't really had like a bike that I felt really, really loved riding. Um, yeah. So that kind of has just like kind of taken the edge off. It's been more about like, you know, just managing things, like testing it, seeing where the bike is rather than being like, oh my God, this thing can do anything, you know? And it definitely, yeah. I think the reason I like riding bikes like the Spire is they definitely cover up my deficiencies, you know, instead of exaggerating them. Um, when, uh, you leave you ride short travel bikes with such tremendous skill i mean you look right at home obviously <laughs> not anymore i'm retired <laughs> i saw him on a lumpy he was on I a have, 150 uh, mil bike the other day yeah 150 that's how much travel that has no. <laughs> yeah. yeah but of course Jeez, he's still, still the on in the bike park so yeah oh of course yeah i don't want to wear a full face that's because you're done anyways okay. let's let, let's move on to bike parks <laughs> speaking of bike parks yeah perfect. let's talk about bike parks and i want to start off by talking about all the bike parks that we've been to over the years, not to brag, but maybe just some perspective. You know, we've been to a lot of different parks and all over the world. Kaz, I want you to start because I know you've been to bike parks in South America and maybe New Zealand and all over the place. So wh- yeah. what parks have you been to? Um, let's see. Yeah, there's a lot. I mean, it's actually not as I was trying to think back. It's not like a it's a lot, but not a crazy number. So um, let's see. Colorado, I've hit up. Like, like I said, Keystone was one of the original ones. Back in the day, Silverton Mountain used to have a bike park, which wasn't, they had like two wow. trails and you took the lift. It was a, a double lift and you just put your bike on the like the bar of the chairlift above you. Like they didn't actually have bike park, like uh, racks for your bike. So you just held your bike and then you just hung it by its saddle on the um, the lift while you're riding with it. It's kind of hard to explain, but it was pretty sketchy and it was always windy and the, the park usually only opened from like nine o'clock to 11 o'clock when the thunderstorms came in and shut it down. So you'd drive all the way there and you get like <laughs> two laps and then the thunderstorms <laughs> would come in because it's, it's at like 11,000 feet and that was a pretty silly place. But, um, yeah, and I've ridden down, um, that place in with the, uh, sorry, I'm blanking. There's too many names. Um, Chattel bike park in France, Morgan's in Switzerland is awesome. Um, Nevada Station down in Chile. That place is super beautiful. Yeah, that's wow. cool. Yeah. yeah. So how was cool. what was that like? What was that it was, like, Cuz? It was cool. It's pretty small, but like it has a lot of good riding around it too. And just like when I went down there, it was I feel like it was maybe March in it was March. So down there it was like their fall. It almost felt like the the leaf colors like Vermont leaf colors, like super bright, and they've got this really neat gray dirt. So that place is really cool. Um Yeah. And then like obviously Whistler and then been out to like coast gravity park if you call it i mean there's a bike park and then there's that other mm-hmm. one in new zealand um that i went to also so yeah a good queen range what's that was it a queenstown bike park no not queenstown it was that that private bike park um oh the gorge oh yeah the gorge yeah mm-hmm. I went to that too yeah, so it's, wild, hey. it's funny like in my mind i think of bike parks as just having chairlifts but i know that's not the case because that one doesn't you shuttle that one same with coast gravity park you shuttle it um, the funny yeah. thing is with the gorge is it used to only be open for the Dodsey Enduro uh, Memorial Enduro mm-hmm. each year, but it's the only time you could ride it. So often people wouldn't practice the racetrack because it was the only other that was the only time to ride the other stuff. So on their practice day, they would just right. go wild in the park, and then on their race day, ride everything blind. That makes sense. Yeah. Now I think you can like make a reservation or something, but yeah, pretty cool place. Mm. So yeah, so I've been to a bunch of uh, I've been to some other uh, random ones I can't even think of the name of. So yeah, a fair. Uh, 
selection of bike yeah. parks around the world. Yeah. Henry, I know that you are, I, I don't think you're anti-bike park. Let's not go mm. that far. And we're not going to get into that Why yet. No, 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 no. But I'm I also know you, because well, I've got you, I've got an hour penned in for you after, <laughs> just, then we'll get into it. But before we do that, you've been to, you, you mean, bike parks aren't really your thing, but you've also been to a bunch of bike parks, I assume, whether it's as a mechanic for, for mm-hmm. work or maybe for Pink Bike or another media outlet over the years. Where, where have you been? I'm sure that you've uh, ridden yeah. a tractor up some hills in the UK. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think, yeah, like, oof, where have I been? To be honest, like, it's hard because I feel like in the last 10 years, there have been so many riding spots that were originally just really good riding spots, and now they're such and such bike park. So, you know, knowingly or not, you might have ridden somewhere that now is considered a bike park. Um, starting in Queenstown, you yeah. know, like, yeah, the Gorge, or maybe... Um, like Queenstown a lot like Skyline used to always go up there when I had a downhill bike um, and then yeah like you know in France you'd ride you know living in Morzine you might ride this that and the other so it's funny because things like like Plenty is that like Plenty Bike Park but well, it's kind of under a lift so I suppose it is but um, and then yeah I suppose I've never rode Whistler unbelievably um, Nevados in Chile is hey, amazing you've left now too you don't mm. even live here anymore mm. so i can't no. even drag you up that there i was sank. so excited well i you say this but you said you're so excited to go riding with me I, I lived there for how long and you never really i'd always come knock on your door sarah is michael in i've come for a bicycle ride <laughs> and tell him i'm not in <laughs> Just like... that's accurate <laughs> um that is accurate no so yeah i mean Bit the bits back the other, um, kind of in the interior. Like you know, I think my favourite place was um, Kicking Horse, just because it's just. I don't know I think that for me, when bike parks they feel very condensed. That isn't an experience I enjoy so much. When it feels like it actually opens up a vast terrain, that's a really exciting prospect. And you you get to that ridge above Kicking Horse, and it just feels epic, just epic. It's mm-hmm. so big. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I. I was trying to think of all the bike parks that I've been to and Kaz, I was remembering back, there was a time, it was probably for four or five years when I did nothing but shuttle runs and bike park laps at Whistler. I would, I lived about two and a half hours away and there were years that I would go there 20 times or more, I think. Mm-hmm. Like I used to be a full on park rat and now, I don't know, like I'm not, I'm not too fussed about it, but over those years, and because of work, I've been to a lot of bike parks, it turns out, for a guy who's not really a bike park kind of person. So Spider Mountain in Texas, Sugar Mountain in North Carolina, uh, Sun Peaks, Silver Star, Mount Washington, Fernie, Retallick, that's an interesting one, and of course, Whistler in Canada, and then Morzine, Chatel, and a bunch of others in France and Europe that I can't remember, and then, of course, the Queenstown Bike Park in New Zealand, which was absolutely amazing so i think between the three of us we've definitely seen some shit we've been to some bike parks do you guys have a favorite henry what is your uh where have you had the most fun in a bike park most fun probably skyline in greenstone um yeah it's just it's got some real steep stuff that you know i don't really like the man-made stuff i only really like riding more man-made features like berms and stuff when they're catches when it's like it, it needs to be there and the hill is so when you come off the lift the trails on the left-hand side are just steep, like sort of, 
And not, I suppose that the riding that I aspire to do is basically the features and style of riding, except the big hooks that you'd find on like a World Cup track. So for me, like mm-hmm. that steep tech is exactly what I'm after. And um, and it's just got so much of it there. So much. Yeah. You know, it's it's funny you say that because I feel the same. Like when I'm in a park, I generally gravitate like towards the natural stuff. But when you think about it, like... No one has a, for the most part, nobody has like an A-line in their, on their home trail network hmm. or a dirt merchant or, or freight train even or anything, or even, even uh, crank it up or B-line. Like these are mostly relatively smooth jump trails. So, I mean, I used to get on people like, what are you doing? You come into the bike park, all you're riding is the jump line. But it also, it makes a ton of sense. Like it's like a downhill BMX track and you don't have it on your mountain. So of course you want to do it a whole bunch, right, Cass? Yeah, I mean, I'm totally content to hit A-Line Dirt Merchant laps for a whole day. I don't, yeah, everyone that, like, pretends that that's not cool, I don't know. It's pretty fun. I I like jumping, so, yeah, you can just do lap after lap after lap, and it's so relaxing, and it's a good time. It's different. Like, I wouldn't want to do it every relaxing day, all day. is probably not the word I would use, to be honest, but. <laughs> I don't know. Like, once you get it dialed, like, A-Line is so, it's, you know, it's fast, and they're big jumps and whatever, but once you learn it, it is pretty chill, because it's just predictable. It doesn't change, so you can do a few laps, and you get comfy, and then you just kind of, like, having like a super fun, lazy, cruisy run. I, I really enjoy it. It's a good way to like, yeah. Yeah. It's like relaxing, yeah. uh, but, but like relaxing excitement, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. 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 What's your favorite bike park, Kaz, if Whistler wasn't in the picture, but aside from Whistler? Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, Whistler is obviously the, my favorite because it's closest and all that. But I think the one, my best time ever was at that Morgan's bike park in Switzerland. Um, it's just a little tiny place, but we rode it. It was pouring rain and we had tires with full, or we got full mud spike tires um, mounted on the bikes that we were trying out that day. So it was great. We just had like a full day of just mud riding on a really cool, cool trails. There's like not even that many trails there, maybe four trails, but there's this one that just marked by colors. I think it was like the red track, but that one in the rain with mud spikes on was like, it's still one of my best days on a bike. And that was, I don't even know now, seven or eight years ago, but yeah. So Morgan's in Switzerland was, was awesome. Nice. Yeah. Let's talk about jump lines for a minute. A-line has obviously always been the gold standard when it comes to jump lines, but every, pretty much every lift access bike park out there tries to build some version of their A-line, some version of their jump line. And let's be honest, a lot of times it doesn't really work, you know, (laughs) like there's something about A-line where the jumps are just the right size, where you can coast through the berm and you don't have to pedal for the jump or you don't have to slow down for the jump. It just works. But that's definitely not the case on a lot of other jump lines, is it, Kaz? Yeah, I mean, it really takes a good builder to do that. And obviously, Whistler's kind of have the advantage of having a head start on a lot of bike parks. You know, bike parks have popped up everywhere. I'd say the last 10 years has been a ton of them, but you go back 20 years and there's really just kind of Whistler figuring it out. So they've had all that head start of figuring out how to make a berm, how to make a lip of a jump and um yeah just like their dig crew has always been really solid knowing how to make things that work but yeah i've definitely been to other bike parks you're like why is the landing here why is it not 10 feet further out or 10 feet yeah. closer in and why is this turn like 90 degrees and um yeah so you see that that's it's a tricky thing to replicate places are getting better but it's still uh there's a learning curve to make it you know it takes i mean that you know talking about a line it's been more it changes a little bit every year but that's you know a 20-year project to make it as good as it is now so yeah yeah that's crazy when you say it like that. Like it literally has been a 20-ish year project to make that trail what it is now. Whereas some of these other bike parks have obviously not been around so long. And 
yeah, you roll in and you'll end up getting like a really fast, long, mellow lip, big, long jump. And it goes right into something with like a steep lip, you know, where you have to slow down a whole bunch. And then all of a sudden there's a long, fast jump and then a berm that's too tight where, man, Whistler, like those guys, they just they just seem to nail it. Like those jump lines, whether it's A-line or Dirt Merchant or D1 or just something simple, like crank it up, like they just work, don't they? Yeah. Yeah, I could. Yeah. yeah. Henry, uh, before we get too positive here, I have you on this show because yeah. I know that you're not a huge fan of bike parks. Um, would you say that maybe some of your feelings kind of parallel your feelings about e-bikes for similar reasons? Um, Is that... I would say, I mean, I think that for me, how to put this, I think you can have... I, I'd, I'd far rather ride a bike park than an e-bike but I'd rather pedal than ride a bike park, which is obviously, it's kind of paradox. Um, but I think being, I mean, I love riding downhill bikes. I think that, yeah, you get enjoy bikes that are amazing, but just for me, just nothing compares. Um, and so having a lift is obviously very good for that. Um, you know, how do I feel about bike parks? I mean, it, it depends how you feel about riding. You know, is there good and bad riding or is there just good and better riding? Because for a lot of people, the way that they ride bikes is that, you know, maybe they don't get the chance to ride all the time. And so for them going to a bike park, it is amazing. And there are people like me who are kind of snobbish and dogmatic and we, we're really lucky and that we get to ride a lot of the time. So then we're like, oh, well, there's that riding, but there's the really good stuff, which is yada, yada, yada. Um, for me, it also absolutely comes down. It's something you said earlier on about Kaz talking about finding it almost like relaxing at riding, you know, big jumps and, and you saying that it sounds kind of stressful, but I think a lot of the time, like, yes, it is fun to challenge yourself, of course, but I think it's often a human, a, quite a human thing to kind of just want to be confirmed that we're good at the thing we're passionate about, or at least we're adequate at the thing we're passionate about. See, so I'm not going to go ride berms because I'm crap at them, which means I don't ride them, which means I'm staying crap at them. And then it, the, the cycle continues, you know, but actually if I go ride some tech and I get down something that's kind of like a bit sketchy or whatever, or, you know, I have to you know get something just right that really validates me and really makes me feel like oh that's why i ride bikes that was so much fun so it's sort of mm -hmm. sort of a circle um but i mean you know kind of coming back to the original question i think that i don't know i find it hard to really get excited about riding berms or man-made stuff and the thing that frustrates me about bike park is oftentimes when they want to legitimize like a trail that's been kicked in they make it wider they remove all the roots and they're like oh but we need to do something so then they had like weird contrived features that were kind of crap to ride or shit jumps or crap turns and a lot of time they just don't have the gradient because the original trail it didn't need the gradient and now it's like just this kind of like short radius berms are just the worst thing in the world i absolutely hate them there's this trail that <laughs> me and mike tell, tell the story Cass, from your point of view <laughs> no, no. I was just going to say that I really wish you would ride Whistler. That it makes the, all the arguments. It's like, yeah, I know I can hear what you're saying and I know the places you're talking about. But then if you ride Whistler, you're like, oh yeah, this makes sense. Like this I is mean, how when bike parks be. get it right. It's just it's just amazing. But it's it, it must be hard. Like you know, you got a whole hillside. Not all the trails on any bike park are going to be amazing. And it takes a, a huge amount of of resource and time, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And it's very easy for me to sit here, like I always do. 
and say this is good this is bad it's obviously a really difficult thing to get right <laughs> yeah henry does have yeah. to go back to his berm yeah. point he does have strong feelings about berms because we were riding the other day in squamish not in the bike park just squamish trails and there was this trail and he was just talking about how he hated it and it was really bad and we rode it and it was yeah. great it was just a bunch of little like short awful. berms and awful. like short quick turns awful. and Jumps i got that, that like, didn't I line up. It, it, like yeah, short like radius it, berms. it didn't even cross oh, my mind God. to hate it yeah I just like oh, hate it. I yeah. <laughs> I I will say Henry that I'm not the hugest fan of berms either because I mean everybody can can carry a ton of speed around a berm. A berm a berm well, makes for yourself. Have you seen me right corner. Corner. Oh, yeah. fucking cunt. <laughs> <laughs> well, for for the most part, for the most part a berm will make every corner easy, you know? Mm-hmm. And on a jump trail, it makes a lot of sense. Like you got to carry some speed around the corner so you don't have to pedal for the jump. Yes, it makes a ton of sense. Um, yeah, no, I would rather have some flat corner that you're sliding through or falling over on most of the time. <laughs> Levy's bike park would be the worst. It'd be the worst bike park if you made one. Just It'd all be like gravel uphill, flat corners. Gravel. <laughs> yeah, little tiny you know, jumps that don't really work. <laughs> I just don't like, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I just like something that is, we've talked about this before, but something that is challenging enough to keep me really present. When, I, when I'm working on the assumption that it isn't going to challenge me because I can see it's just smooth. Like I'm not someone that is actually like really driven by going as fast as possible down things. I like to just try and get things in a repeatable and controlled manner um, and kind of improve on them, like do something difficult, but try and do it better. Doing something easy and trying to do it, it just, it doesn't inspire me in any way, shape or form. Yeah, I will say that when I go to the bike park, like after a day at the bike park, you know the feeling when you go and you do like a decent ride of any kind, like whether it's a short ride that you worked really hard on or a big long ride. When you come home, there's a certain feeling that you get from that ride. And I will say that after a day in the bike park, no matter how much fun I've had, it's not the same feeling. Like I don't have the same sense of accomplishment. I might have had a ton of fun, ton of fun with my friends, done a bunch of skidding, even some jumps, you know. But I don't have that same rewarding feeling that I do when I just go for a big pedal, you know. So why don't you just do both? There's trails right next to I the do. bike park. You I do, do them both on the same day, and then you're just that's the, the pragmatism. It's not the time. I know. Yeah. <laughs> it's we're not that. interested. <laughs> I rode the bike Kaz park, and it was too much fun. I didn't feel like I was tired Kaz, enough. We're, t- <laughs> we're trying to talk shit about bike parks, guys. <laughs> no, it's too quiet. easy to undo. It's like saying you hate candy. Like ah, oh, candy is just too sweet. It hurts my teeth, and I get cavities. Well, like, no, I mean. Bike parks are amazing, and I have a ton of fun. I had a ton of fun on opening day riding with you guys. It was amazing. I'm I'm gonna go back a whole bunch this year, um, but that doesn't mean that it's as rewarding as going for a mountain bike ride for me personally. You it's know? still mountain biking. It's just a different form of it. Oh, it is. Yeah. I didn't say it wasn't. You said it wasn't <laughs> as rewarding as going for a mountain bike ride. <laughs> Sorry, well, this is. I once heard my friend describe skiing as comparing skiing to mountain biking. Mountain biking is more kind of really good, but it doesn't reach quite the same highs as skiing, but also skiing the lows and the crap days a lot more often. Do you see what I mean? So mountain biking is kind of, you you kind of know what you're going to get. I think for me, bike park is similar to that in that it's quite easy. You know what you're getting, you're going up there. And for a lot of people, especially that have, you know, like I don't have any time commitments. I can just ride when I want, but other people that might only get, have other commitments, work commitments, family commitments, being able to be like, I'm going to go to the bike park and I'm going to get in as much runs as I can. You know, it's obviously a really, you know, really reasonable thing to do and they know what they're going to get. But I would say if us three went for a ride, 
you know, in this crazy situation that we actually got on with each other outside of um, outside of this podcast of professional applications. Um, it's funny, actually, like this guy, when, when Kaz, we were riding on that skirmish ride, this guy was like, hey, I listened to the podcast. Like, you guys ride together. And I was like, he didn't tell me he was coming to Squamish. <laughs> we just bumped into each other in the car park. <laughs> but no, um, you know, I think that if you and I, if us three were to go for a ride, I think a pedaling ride has the potential to be able to be f- to a- by far eclipse any bike park experience for me. Like some big day, we're going right out into the bush, like riding some supernatural trail. We don't find anyone else. It's, you know, it's like really, really just like a six hour day pedaling. I think that is going to be better than six hours in a bike park. But those six hour days pedaling where everything is absolutely perfect are less common and are harder to, harder to organize, few and far between compared to going to the bike park, doing turn bars and casing jumps. <laughs> I I will say that I do, for someone who, I mean, I'm not exactly a social butterfly, but I will say that I kind of like the fact, like sitting on the lift and, and talking to some people after you've done a lap and it's kind of socially in a way, which for me, I don't know, like I'm not a social person. So, I mean, maybe that's why I sort of enjoy that part of You are parks. quite nice though, Levy. I've noticed this about you. You're a quite a nice Shh. chap. <laughs> yeah. try and keep it on the down low with the, uh, you know, Tom DeLong, you know, sort of vibe you're kicking off. Tom, but- Tom DeLong. <laughs> <laughs> The fuck? <laughs> you guys want to hear about some ufos <laughs> yeah well that's the thing <laughs> but yeah i've noticed about the you you're, you're an awfully nice man you kind of keep yeah, well you know keep telling people that anyway <laughs> maybe, maybe some people will believe you and don't forget the guy calling you the pink man <laughs> oh god <laughs> that was the amazing <laughs> I think I got a free bagel from the pink man. So, I mean, that's pretty good. <laughs> um, we were in, at the bike park for opening day, Kaz. And I would guess, discounting rental bikes, I would guess maybe 30% of the people there were on downhill bikes. Most people were on Enduro-ishy type things, a bunch of trail bikes, that kind of stuff. A couple single speed dirt jumpers with only rear brakes. Good for you guys. Um, you're going to a bike park though. What bike are you choosing? You could take any bike you want. Uh, I mean, I like downhill bikes, so I do like them. But this last, when we were just up there, I was on a enduro bike or not even enduro bike. I was on a stump jumper Evo, but that was more for testing. Like that's the one trail thing bike. we haven't really mentioned. Yeah, trail bike. But just because like bike parks are so good for testing and I use Whistler a lot. And it's, like now that it's open, yeah. that's why I was up. Like one of the reasons I went up, not just to have fun, but mostly for having fun, but was to do some back-to-back suspension testing. So did a bunch of laps with one fork, switch forks, went, did a bunch of laps again, switched it back. Um, there's not too many places in the world where you can get that like consistency, ride the same trails. And so they're great for that. But, um, yeah, Whistler, I like Whistler on both bikes. Like the, the downhill bike is fun and probably the most fun is on that downhill bike, especially if the upper stuff's open you get big, long laps, but there are trails there that are, that are better, like suited to a trail bike, um, and ones that are suited to a downhill bike. So you can have fun on either one. It just kind of depends whatever you're on. I don't think the trails that I ride yeah. change as much, but it's almost the downhill bike, even on the jump trails, is a little more fun because it, it kind of goes a little slower. When you get on the, the trail bike or the lighter bikes, it's easy to overshoot and you end up using your brakes more. But the downhill bike, it's like a little kind of like the extra weight and stability. Yeah. It's a little easier. But, that is a big problem I have overshooting those jumps on Dirt Merchant. I'll try it on a downhill bike next, not on uh-huh. a XC bike. See if that slows me down a little bit. We can put that on, uh, <laughs> on Leap and Levy's list of things to do this year is to get through Dirt Merchant. Yeah, yeah. I I was surprised by how few downhill bikes 
I saw up there. Um, but again, like I was up there on that 150 mil canyon and I mean, not a lot of stuff was open, but it's crazy how capable enduro and trail bikes are these days. And you also made a good point too. You can get in so much vertical there in such a short period of time. For me, I mean, I could get a downhill bike and take it to the park, but for me, I kind of want to ride the park on a bike that I'm going to ride outside of the park all the time too, because I can ride so much stuff. I can improve, hopefully, uh, relatively quick. So like, you know, I'm going to get five, 7,000 feet of descending on a huge, on a big day of trail riding. But in the bike park, I mean, that comes, that that's two runs. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. it can come so fast. Uh, Henry, you're going to a bike park. It sounds like you would rather be on a downhill bike, eh? Oh, yeah. I, I, I think for me, the things that ride better on a trail bike are not things that I tend to enjoy riding so much. So downhill bike, I like, I like to be riding, like if I'm going to ride a down, sorry, if I'm going to ride a bike park, I want to be sort of maximizing the experience. And what I mean by that is I want to be mm-hmm. riding the, the sort of the stuff that at least for me feels kind of like I'm pushing it a bit and also do it with the downhill bike. I just think that I just love that. And I just love the feeling of riding a downhill bike and any excuse it's such a treat you know it's like going it's like going on a closed track in a in a proper kit car as opposed to just like putting you know going around in your family saloon <laughs> yeah that's a yeah that's a good parallel yeah that 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 actually makes a ton of sense yeah downhill bikes can really open up especially if i mean all you're doing is descending you might as well be on a freaking downhill oh, bike. what am i doing on so trail bikes wasting good. my time wasting your life michael you want to be on those or the full 200 mil bouncers I'm building up my yeah, downhill bike this yeah, week, actually. Exactly. I'm super excited. Super excited. Oh, nice. What'd you yeah. get? Uh, I'm just going to use a kind of got a... I just need to ride the V10 a bit to understand how it works. And I've never actually ridden Olin's really in anger, that fork or that shock. So I just, in terms of giving feedback to riders and stuff, I need to be more familiar with it. Um, yeah. So yeah, just going to... It's a good excuse some... to get yourself a downhill bike. I need to ride this to tell you guys what's happening. I like <laughs> <Yeah>. that plan. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Um yeah, so yeah, no, it works really well. And if um, if anybody listening wants you know me to recommend the riders any beer or anything like that, they can send it to me, and I can on a similar sort of policy, you know, sample the goods, tell them <laughs> tell them what to drink, what not to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, before we before we get out of here, Henry, I have a question for you. People definitely turn their nose up about e-bikes. They definitely have mm-hmm. a problem with people riding e-bikes. They they talk lots of shit in the comments. Man, I think some of those people have no problem going to the old bike park. I think that's kind of funny, don't you? Yeah, yeah, it's such a contradiction. To me, they're they're sort of they're one and the same. I mean, I, I think that maybe there's the argument of for me. I think if it's not a professionally maintained trail or something you're working on yourself, you shouldn't use anything but leg power to get to the top. So I've, I consider shuttling any bikes just one and the same. Um, and also, I mean, sorry, just as a caveat here, like. I actively persuade people not to care what I think. I'm not saying I'm right about these things, but only it's my opinion. And I'd highly advise you just to discount everything I say as just a matter of, you know, coverage policy. Um, but yeah, like for me, it's, it's the same. And I've always found that quite strange how people, oh, you're so lazy. You want to ride an e-bike? Now I'm going to take my enduro bike up to the top of a, or shut my enduro bike. It's just, especially when the hill's so small, you know, but hey. People are funny, aren't they? Their opinions. 
Yeah. Especially you guys. I, mean, I, I, I agree with you mostly here, Kaz. I, I have tons of fun. You, Kaz, everybody, Kaz thought I was going to come in and talk nothing but shit about bike parks because that's what I've done in the past. But my mind has changed. I know. I'm I, glad. I think 90s need to come down and go e-biking with me. No, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> Why not? You go bike parking. It's the same thing. I turn my nose up at e-bikes. <laughs> but, well, that's the funny thing, though. That's one of the things I love about the mountain bike community is the easiest way to divide the mountain bike community is a message of inclusivity about e-biking. It's it's if you say like, hey guys, I think we should all just get together and not worry about the small stuff. Actually, I think you'll find. Blah, 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 blah. I just love it. I love it. <laughs> uh, which is exactly what we're doing today. I feel like. Oh, yeah, man. Um, I worry we haven't been toxic enough. I'd, I'd really like Kaz. Sometimes you've been really mm. reasonable. Makes me uncomfortable. Not gonna lie. <laughs> so level-headed and welcoming I know. We're, not, we're not even yeah. screaming at each other yeah. God, what a waste of an out. hour yeah. it's turning to summertime the, the days are longer we need some like dark the, the vibe we're going for is dysfunctional family Christmas I know I always say it but I'm always mm. being serious we know each other we work with, we have to know each other we're not sure how we feel about it sometimes <laughs> <laughs> All right. On that note, we're going to do comment gold and get the heck out of here. Uh, this comment is from Codfather1234. This was on our last week's podcast about social media that Henry didn't listen to. Uh, he says, I don't always use a GoPro on a ride, but when I do, I do absolutely nothing with the footage and then delete it two years later. Codfather, that's what everybody should do with their freaking GoPro footage. Nobody I, wants to watch it. <laughs> I remember one time seeing going through this tunnel in New Zealand in Milford Sound. The tunnel's like 11 minutes to go through. And this woman videoing outside the window on the coach. <laughs> when are you going to watch 11 minutes of black? <laughs> <laughs> the precious memories, they're getting away. <laughs> oh, God. All right. I think that's enough of us talking about bike parks for this episode. I think we covered a lot, but definitely let us know how you feel about them in the comments below this podcast on the Pink Bike homepage. Are you a full-time park rat who lives for the lifts? Do you have a downhill bike without a chain on it like Casimir? And you just wear TLD gear and no gloves in the park every single day? Maybe you're a different kind of mountain biker and you just like to dabble in the park once or twice a season. Uh, let us know what your favorite bike park is and what you think of them. And also, we want to make podcasts that you guys want to listen to. So if there's a topic that you want us to talk about, even if it's not bikes, put it in the comments below and maybe we'll get to that. All right, everybody, we will see you in the next episode. Bye.